So if I haven't met you yet, my name is Willis Weatherford. I'm the uh, campus minister with RUF. RUF's a Christian ministry on campus. We're here for Christians and non-Christians. So if you're in one of those two groups, which should be everybody here, you're welcome here. You belong here. Because this is about Jesus. This is about God revealing himself to us in his word. And so if you're, especially if you're here tonight and you're like looking around uh, and you're like, man, do I, why did I come here? Like, I regret this, looking for a way out the back. I just want to encourage you to stay and say, listen, God brought you because he wants you here and he loves you. And he gave us this word that we're going to look at tonight because he loves you. Um, I also just want to say, um, I thought about maybe like scratching what I was going to do and preaching a special sermon, like with regard to UVA and the shooting. And uh, it's funny how sometimes this works, but I decided that what was on the schedule in God's providence was actually something really important for us to hear. Um, We're going to be talking tonight about hurry, about how we can love people well and be with them well. Um, I think that's uh, applicable in this moment. Um, so by way of introduction, uh, one thing about me, I'll be staying here this Thanksgiving and working, putting in floor in my house. If anybody here has experience putting in hardwood floor uh, let, and you're staying here over the break, let's talk afterward because <laughs> I will pay you. I'll pay you to help me. I know it could be cool. Uh, but many, the main thing I want you to know about me, which I say every week because it's true, is that I'm not a good person. Uh, I'd love to share my story with you sometime. Not a good person. But Jesus loves me, and he loves you, and that changes everything. And I look around this room, and I look at my own life this week, and there's a lot of hurry going on. <laughs> We're a hurried bunch. It was funny that this week as I write this sermon on hurry, I had a really hurried week, rushing from one thing to the next, meetings stacked up one after the other, trying to like scrape some time aside to like work on my sermon and thinking about the spring and stuff at home. And I was just talking to my wife. I was like, I feel so hurried. Like, so God wanted to like need this into my own heart. So I'm talking to y'all, not as somebody who's got this figured out, but as somebody who desperately needs Jesus in the midst of my hurriedness. So where are we going to go tonight? Hurry stifles love. Hurry stifles love. Jesus loves hurried people. So hurry, hurry stifles love. Jesus loves hurried people. And then so what? What do we make of that? So that's where we're going. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word, which is living and active. And it's sharper than a double-edged sword, sharper than a razor. And that might freak us out, but Lord, we need to be healed. And sometimes that takes a scalpel. And so we ask that you would heal us by your word, reveal what's inside our hearts, and that you would put something new there. We ask that you do this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. First point, hurry stifles love. Hurry stifles love. So looking into this passage here, Martha and Mary, their sisters, Lazarus, actually, you find out later in John 12, Lazarus is their brother, the guy who like dies and just raises from the dead. It's a cool story. You should actually read that later this week or maybe Thanksgiving break if you want to think about like, how unhurried Jesus is in that scenario. It's nuts. Mind-blowing. Go read John 12. So anyway, Martha, Mary, Lazarus, siblings, chilling, doing their thing in Bethany is where they live. Martha appears three times in the Gospels, this story, Lazarus, and then when Mary, her sister, anoints Jesus' feet. Okay, so she's like a unknown entity. She's friends with Jesus. Jesus probably went over to their house before. 
this is not like the first time that he probably came through this village specifically to see them and their family and hang out with them because they're friends. So, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Jesus is always teaching. So apparently he gets to the house, starts teaching whoever's there. Mary sits at his feet. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. So she's a little bit bold, right? She's like, she knows Jesus well enough to be like, what's going on here? Who of you has a mom who's going to be like a little stressed out about Thanksgiving dinner? Like, this is familiar. It's okay. I won't tell your mom that you raise your hand. Uh, it happens. And so like Martha, or um, you know, she, she loves Jesus. She cares a lot about Jesus. She wants to put on a nice dinner, whatever it is for him. Makes sense. She goes out and her sister, who's supposed to be helping her bake the rolls or whatever it is, just out there chilling with Jesus. She's like weighing these two things, this very important project of hosting the Lord Jesus Christ, who you find out later on, she knows who he is. She knows he's God. <laughs> so she's trying to make a really nice dinner for the God of the universe. There's some pressure there. Makes sense that she would go to him and be like, hey, uh, try to make dinner over here, guys. If you want to eat, tell my sister to come over here. Hurry stifles love. There's this tension between productivity and relationships. You all feel this. I don't have to like, convince you here. Like when you're with people, but you're kind of distracted, you're thinking about the, the next thing, and they can kind of tell. When we should give our time to people, but instead it's like, I got that assignment. And so we give it our time to whatever other thing it is. Athletics, you know, studying, uh, maybe going to meet with a professor, maybe meeting with somebody else that, you know, you really should actually be with this other person, whatever it is. People tend to interrupt our productivity all the time. And so when that happens, we often treat them like distractions, like interruptions. Hurry stifles love. There's some of you here in this room, though, and I know you because I've met with you. I've talked with you. And I know the type, right? And you're awesome people. And you think everything you do is about relationships. You're like, I hear you saying productivity and relationships are like opposed. But actually, everything in my life is centered around relationships. And, every, you know, the school is just a distraction from what I really care about, which is about relationships. But I want you to think about this. When we approach relationships to get something out of them, which is like a sneaky thing that our hearts do, you guys. Um, you know, we can be all about relationships, but really in our hearts, we're getting something from those relationships. And like, that may be part of the reason why relationships matter so much to us. Uh, this happens all the time on rush dates. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, it's a rush date and like, you want to be there and be friendly, but you also want to like make a good impression. Um, uh, maybe you know someone who's better at physics. And as soon as you know that, you're like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> and we're going to study together as often as possible. Um, and you are friends, but there's also like a side benefit. Um, we, we pursue people. And that's great. That's a good thing. Like part of the point of this passage is that we need to pursue people. But we pursue them. we got mixed motives. Right? To feel loved. To alleviate loneliness. Even for sex. Like, we pursue people for these alternate motives. And this hurry, it's like a hurried way of doing relationship. It's really more about productivity. Getting something in a relationship. It stifles love. So I want you to bring that relationship in your life to mind. Whatever that relationship that you're like, okay, yeah, I feel a bit convicted about that relationship. Or maybe the person that 
you aren't meeting with, you aren't spending time with, but you, you know you should be, maybe somebody back home. Think about that as a campfire, okay? So I've built probably a few hundred campfires in my life. Um, I just love making fires. I since I was a little kid. It's weird, but it's true. Uh, best fire I ever built. I was in Nepal. Um, I lived for two years in Nepal right after high school. And I got lost because I'm terrible with directions. Just the worst. So I get lost, which is not awesome to do in Nepal. And it was like, I would say it was like September, November. It got pretty cold. I was high altitude. So it got a little like a little dicey out there, you know, really cold, too cold to go to sleep, didn't have a good sleeping bag. So I built this fire because I was good at building fires. And, uh, but I had to keep on getting up the whole night to go get, find more firewood, put on the fire. Cause I'm like sitting shivering by this campfire the whole night because I probably wouldn't have frozen to death, but I definitely was cold. Needed the fire. So the thing about fires, the oxygen to carbon to heat ratio. That's what makes fire happen. Oxygen, carbon, heat. Don't come at me, all you chemists. They're fit like, I don't care. Just listen to what I'm saying. Believe me. Oxygen, carbon, heat. It's something like that. When that ratio is off, it just doesn't work, right? And so if you uh, put too much wood on the fire, it means there's not enough oxygen and all that wood absorbs the heat too much, the fire goes out. Alternatively, not enough wood, there's nothing to burn. Not going to work. So that the ratio has to be right. When you think about these relationships as a campfire, what we do all the time, proving this point that hurry stifles love, is when you approach a relationship with any agenda besides simply loving the person in front of you, you stifle it. Fire goes out. When you rush past people in your hurry to get onto the thing that you're focused on doing, it's like there's no wood at all. There's no, fire can't flourish there. Either way, relationships get stifled. It prevents us from truly caring for people being truly known by them. I think you understand this, guys. I'm just trying to help us like sit in the reality of our lives for a second. The great tragedy of our hurried hearts is that in our rush to perform and obtain, we fail to truly encounter any other people. In our life. Like truly, to truly encounter someone and actually be with them, we can go weeks. How long has it been since you've actually like met for real another person, you've actually been with another person, since you actually gave someone your full, undivided attention and care that's just directed at them and not about what you can get for them. So the bad news is we're hurried people and it hurts other people. It stifles love. The good news is that Jesus loves hurried people. <laughs> he loves hurried people. And that opens up a totally new way of life for us. So let's go there. Jesus loves hurried people. You can see that in our passage. Jesus entered a village. Very start. You know, he enters a village. Uh, he just wanted to be with Martha and Mary. I'm guessing he already knew what Martha was going to be like when he showed up in the village. He wanted to be with her anyway. Jesus has invaded our hurried lives. That's happened in your lives in ways I don't even know. But God has shown up in your life and demonstrated that he wants to be with you. He doesn't want something from you as much as he wants to simply be with you. So what does it look like for him to show up as we're hurried people? What has that interaction happen? So Mar Martha comes out. She's like, tell my sister, come help me. And Lord answers her, Martha, Martha. Not that many times in the Bible where Jesus says somebody's name twice. This is one of a few times. I think it's awesome that the Lord of the universe here is going against the gender norms of his day to spend real time with women. 
We need more leaders like that today. So he does that. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary, your sister, the one who's just sitting out here listening to Jesus teach, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So Jesus calls Martha to be less hurried, but he also lived it out. I don't want you to miss the fact that Jesus lives out this very unhurried way of life. Remember, hurry stifles love. And the crazy thing is that, like, okay, hurry stifles love. I get that. I'm hurried. That's a problem. How do I get unhurried? It's by love. <laughs> and so Jesus shows up as this eminently loving presence, which means he has to be unhurried. And that's the way he is. Because he loves hurried people like Martha. And he wants to be with you in the midst of your hurry. This is amazing because Jesus had more reason to be hurried than any of us do. I don't know what kind of career plans you got, internships you're trying to put together, applications for MotCon and stuff that you just put in, or has that already happened sometime? I don't know. Something, you know what I'm talking about. We're hurried, but Jesus, look what he had to do. He had to proclaim the kingdom of God, which is a totally foreign reality to the people that he was proclaiming it to. So that was a big job. He had to travel all around this country by foot, okay? No bicycles, you know, <laughs> and donkeys, but, you know, mainly by foot. He had to just go all these places to tell that message to people. He had to recruit and train his disciples, who were a bunch of goofballs, to be the future leaders of the church. Right? That takes a lot of time. Twelve men, and he does that. He's got a lot on his mind. He's got a lot to do. His to-do list is super long, and yet he shows up to just be with Mary and Martha and kind of shoot the breeze for a while because he cares about them. How have you... Uh, have you ever, uh, you've probably had this experience, I have. So people talk about uh, Mahalia Chismahalia. Anybody know that name? Flow state theory. It talks about how when you're like doing something you really love, time warps actually. It's kind of awesome. Um, so when you're doing something you love, when you're with someone you love, Mary, so my wife and I, this is not a story of like how you should date people. It's just how I dated my wife. So like, <laughs> use with caution. Um, so we would go, we would have dates. She went to different schools. I would drive up after my last class, three, four o'clock, and we'd be hanging out, um, watch a movie, you know, hang out together on the couch. Uh, you know, we might have kissed some, you know, <laughs> for hours, okay? Out, like, it would be 3 a.m. And I'm like, I gotta work at 6 a.m. So I, multiple times, I like, had spent 12 hours with Mary on a date, and then would like, drive, sleep in my car outside my workplace because it wasn't worth it going like 30 minutes like back to my home. So like, just like the time, when you love someone, you know, and I, there was a spark of love there for sure. You know, <laughs> listen, we're going to talk about relationships eventually. Like the true and ultimate meaning of like love that is rock solid is more than what I was feeling for my wife. But it, there was a spark there. And even in that spark, time warped like crazy. Love is the antidote to hurry. It's just that simple. Jesus loves hurried people like us. Have you considered the possibility that the thing Jesus wants most from you is just you? Time with you. Not something you can do for him. Not work you can give him. We've spent the last two weeks talking about how we are to work, what work means in the kingdom of God, and then how we're sent out on mission in the kingdom of God. All that's true. And yet, the thing Jesus wants most is to be with you, right? He can take or leave the doing stuff for him part. He wants to be with you. 
Have you considered the possibility that your frantic activity towards your future is keeping you from being even remotely present with anyone in your life? Are you willing to learn your life, learn to live your life at the pace of Jesus? What would that look like? So this is so what? What would that look like? Uh, it's not, some of you are like, I, I, I think I heard you saying, and I hate it, and I'm not going to go there. But what I'm not saying is that you have to live at like this slow pace and just like drive below the speed limit. And, you know, like, it's not what we're talking about. Unhurried people can get a lot done. Jesus did. Three years of public ministry, started a worldwide movement. I mean, it's a lot. Uh, I'm not saying that just taking two classes next semester and getting nothing done is like what we're talking about. It's not. Um, you, could lead, you could manage a hedge fund or lead like a high-profile political campaign in an unhurried way. You can do that. It's not so much about the speed of your life. It's about the direction. I'm not saying Jesus he wants to you know, um, it, uh, just go super slow. He wants to turn you from the thing you're doing, which you're super like, intensely focused on, to the people that you do it with. Right? The people that he leads you into an encounter with as you do that thing. How do you know if you're being fully present with people? What would that look like? How do you know? Okay. Um, first, are you making time to be with people? Where, like, actually the point of the thing that you're doing is just to be with people. You can go for all and not do that. Right? So, like, are you doing that? That's, like, an easy one. Yes or no. Right? If you are, when you're in the room with someone... Talking to them, we all know that person who, when you're talking to them, they make you feel like you are the most important person in the world to them. In that moment, at least. They're not telling you, like, oh, I love you so much, you're so important. It's just that they're totally focused on you. That's a cool experience. Are you doing that? Like, uh, you all have that capacity. And, and it means just pushing out distractions and saying, like, you know what? I'm talking with Sam. And even though Sam is super boring, I'm just kidding, he's not. I'm going to focus, and Sam's awesome, we love Sam. I'm going to focus, I'm not going to think about, you know, Jack, you know, and like his amazing vocal pipes that are awesome on the radio and, you know, the announcing and everything, you know. Um, that got weird, sorry, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Uh, or are you like checking your phone, you know, checking your watch, like even simple things like that, they show you what's going on inside your heart, which is like, really, I'm thinking about the next thing. I'm guilty of this, probably all guilty of this. Are you waiting for your turn to talk? You know, like you find yourself after they say something, you kind of jump in with like this idea you had about what they said instead of just like, huh. And then a question, you know, to follow up. This would be so countercultural, you guys. If we had this room full of people, being 20% more present with people because you actually love them like Jesus loved you, this campus would never be the same. <laughs> so countercultural, so much the flavor and the scent of the kingdom of God, where the secular kingdom that we live in is just hurry, rush. People living unhurried lives in the kingdom of God feel like oasis -y. Oasises? Oasis? Oasis of calm, the water from the desert. Oasis of calm in the desert of the secular kingdom. Cows and bison. Um, when cows, herds of cows are in a storm, so picture the Wild West. Cows are in a storm, snowstorm. Cows are dumb, very, very dumb. I've worked with cows, I know. Um, cows are like, this stinks. I'm going to turn my back to the storm and run away from it. Ah. And so they all 
And so they end up being in the storm for the longest possible time. <laughs> right? <coughs> Bison, very smart. They've lived in the West for a while. Okay? Bison, they turn their heads into the storm. They get together and they walk forward. Countercultural, against the push. When you feel the anxiety and the pressure, the storm of anxiety and pressure in your life urging you to speed up, hurry, like get more done, let's go, get a new calendar app, be more efficient, get less sleep. Remember the peaceful presence of Jesus that actually turns against that, delights to simply be with people and invites you to be like him, be a presence like him with others. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being with us. You came just to be with us. The whole Bible, you can read it just as the story of you wanting to be with your people. You're now with us by your Holy Spirit. And we ask, Jesus, that you would help us to be with others in a way that shows them that there's something different that's going on in your kingdom and that makes them want to be a part of it. So love us to life. Help us to love others to life too, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please.